You are listening to Rip It Up, the renovations podcast. Hi, I'm Kate. I run the Instagram page Victorian Math Mind. And I'm Jenny. I run the Instagram account Work With Cottage. This podcast is all about renovation and interiors from the renovator's perspective. We've been through it a few times between us and it hasn't scared us off. In fact, we loved it. So if you are planning to do up your own home, you can expect to hear lots of advice from our own experience, along with plenty of tips and inspiration. This two-part episode is all about kitchens, where we cover everything from functional layout to colours and counters, and arm you with all the info you need to create your own dream kitchen. This episode is kindly sponsored by Savvy Kitchens, where both Jenny and I got our own bespoke kitchens. Brilliant design, exceptional quality. Check out SavvyKitchens.ie. Savvy Kitchens, time well spent. Hello and welcome back for episode two. Hi Kate. Hi. How's it going? Very good. How are you? For today's episode, we are going to talk about kitchens. So on our last episode, we covered everything about choosing the house that we wanted to renovate, why we even wanted to renovate in the first place, and choosing our architects, going through the the process of deciding how we wanted to go about that. I think for me, certainly, and I'm sure it was the same for you, the next step was thinking about the design of the kitchen before the design of the rest of the home. 100%. Yeah, it's the centre of the home nowadays, and we're like keen Chefs, I suppose. Yeah. Home cooks, home chefs. You're a better cook than me. It was definitely something that we gave a lot of thought. Yeah. A lot of thought to. So step two for the whole process is thinking about the, the design of the kitchen. And there's so much to talk about here. I think we would probably end up doing multiple kitchen episodes. But there's some of the basics that are really, really important to get right. So for you, in design of your last home, what was your first key wish that you really wanted for your kitchen? Oh, I wanted a big kitchen. I wanted a... A functional kitchen, lots mm. of countertop space, a big island that we weren't passing each other while we were both cooking in the kitchen, bumping off each other, you know. I wanted things, you know, easily accessible, everything laid out nice. But yeah, I suppose the design came a little later than that. It was all about functionality for me first. A hundred percent. I was the exact same because I went in thinking, OK, well, I like these color. You know, I'd seen kitchens on Pinterest or on different interior magazines or anything. And I had an idea of what color I wanted, but really when I got down to thinking about it it is all about how you use the kitchen and everyone's different right so you were talking about us being what did you say <laughs> keen keen chefs keen home chefs, chefs. Home home chef. chefs and bakers I wouldn't be the best chef but I'm a very very keen baker so that yeah. makes my kitchen a little bit different to how you might use your kitchen with all your fabulous pizzas and amazing things that come out of there yeah definitely I think functionality wise like you have to think of your main appliances first so ovens like do you want an eye level oven do you want a big range some people love these colored ranges now the mm. french brand ones and do you want an induction hob versus a gas hob you know they were all decisions kind of we wanted to make and i think induction was kind of it wasn't new but it was mm. relatively new it wasn't in every brand when we were doing our last kitchen um and it promised a lot but it was kind of expensive and was it as quick and good as gas so we made the decision to go for induction and actually it was probably the best decision we made because it meant we could put the hob on the island with a downdraft extractor and this is something Jen and I have in common actually we have the same hob and I would do the exact same thing again because it just saves up so much countertop space so that induction and you know what I've seen recently and this isn't a recommendation because I haven't tested it but is induction hobs that are built almost underneath the countertop yeah so those kind of yeah it doesn't look like a hob at all it looks just like an extension of the countertop and 
those kind of engineered stones, I suppose their technology has come a long way and they're able to do that. So that looks magic. But even what we have, it does mean that the hub services are act sometimes, I suppose, as an extension of that countertop. It doesn't necessarily take up additional space. You can still put things on it because it's induction. It's you no, know, those things aren't going to go on fire. <laughs> yeah. And because it's a flat surface as well, you can put your chopping board on it if yeah. you're short in countertop, countertop space. Yeah. But the one key thing for me was, I don't know, I think having your sink on an island is a mistake. No, it's too messy because if you're doing like the one day that you have a massive dinner and you've loads yeah. of people over and you're doing mm-hmm. that cleanup, you just have this mess of washing up. Yeah drying away on the side of your sink and it's too messy for an island yeah and i think it's the first thing you see when you have an island when you come into your kitchen is a tap and possibly stuff on the drainer beside it so i think putting your hob on, an, on the island yeah. if you're kind of want to put some appliance on your island i think the hob is a better option than having a sink or a workspace that's going to be dirty all the time and also the hob on the island for me right if i'm doing something where i want to be standing at the island talking to my guests or talking to whoever else is in the house it's cooking, it's the stirring, it's the chopping, that kind of stuff where I can be working away on it and, and, you know, interacting with whoever else is there. If I'm at the sink, usually the tap is on and that's kind of noisy or I'm washing something and I don't necessarily want to be doing that while I'm looking out at everybody else and talking. So it's I'm like with you on... little uh, teppanyaki counter. <laughs> <laughs> I would say though, if you're putting your hob on an island, leave that little bit of extra depth because you don't want to be in people's face if they're sitting at the island and you're cooking or they splatter or anything. So you do need like... Another, I would say, minimum 30 centimetres, but ideally 60 centimetres on the other side of the hop, you know, to make sure that people are out of splatter zones. There's no burn <laughs> risks, anything like that. But I think, yeah, it's a really interactive way to be cooking for your guests or yeah. heating things up or whatever when they're there. Or if you've older kids, maybe they're sitting at the island doing their homework while you're cooking the dinner or something like that. So I just think it's it's much more functional than having a sink on your island. Yeah, on that depth of the island. So I don't have an island, but I have a peninsula which is the same thing, but it, it's one side of it is attached to the wall and comes out from the wall rather than, rather than being fully standalone. And I went for that extra depth as well. And that felt like an unusual decision in such a small house because when you're designing it in a small space, the first thing you always think is you need to go smaller, you need to go narrow, everything needs to be shrunk down. And that isn't the case. Yeah. And the peninsula is a good example of that because actually adding on that extra depth made that workspace so much more functional, but also gives you an awful lot of storage on the other side of it, on both sides of it, really. That's really, really useful. So rather than, you know, I have a bookshelf on on the backside of my peninsula, and that would have been a big structure that would have taken up a huge amount of space somewhere else, whereas actually just extending that space a little bit made it a lot more, more functional. So I'm with you on the extra depth, even in a small space. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's something, it's a slight regret for me, actually, our island in our last house. We could have made it bigger, even back, bigger, when, when <laughs> it's I, pretty no, big. But, but I think depth-wise, we probably had another 30 centimetres to go in that space. Mm. And I think the bigger and squarer you can make that island in the space, like you said, it's, it's not wasted space. It doesn't make it feel too crowded. Once you leave your kind of minimum walkways around of, you know, a metre, maybe 1.2 metres around mm-hmm. your island on all sides, and you still have that, then I say make it as big as you can. I totally agree. Yeah, Lots I think of worktop space. And try not to break up your worktop space with you know, kind of appliance a little bit, appliance a little bit. Try and keep runs of the counter space relatively clear. Yeah. So then you're not working in these tiny little kind of piecemeal bits of counter space, I would say. That's a great idea because you don't want these little pockets where you're kind of chopping onions in one bit and then you have to go over to the other side to peel your potatoes or whatever it might be. They're all kind of just there in front of you. Yeah. And mm. I think that's something that our kitchen place, we actually use the same kitchen place. Yeah. And we might talk about that a little bit later. But 
were really particular about the kind of layout of what went into each drawers. So there was a kind mm. of a run from like our bins to our sink to the dishwasher. And then we had big, deep drawers. So it was kind of, it was really easy. You scrape your plates, you rinse them if you need to, they're loaded to the dishwasher. And then when the dishwasher's finished, you unload it into those deep drawers where I used to keep all my plates and glasses and cutlery. So everything fit in there. So it felt like you didn't even need to take a step. Yeah. It was just so easy and so quick to unload and load the dishwasher. Yeah. And those things are so much more important than designing for how the kitchen looks because you can think about that later. But if you're using your kitchen every day and you've made a decision that, you know, your dishwasher is far away from the cupboards where your plates go, that is a daily annoyance. (laughs) You know, that really does start to build up and impact your life. So when you were thinking about that, so first things first, when you sat down and you were thinking, here's what I want in the kitchen. How did you go through that process of thinking, how do I use it? What needs to be where? What's the step by step there? Yeah, so I really thought, so we were sold on the idea of the hob in the island. Uh, and I said, what do I use when I'm at the hob? I use herbs and spices. I use my, you know, large utensils and I use pots. Mm-hmm. So I need those at hand. And so that made sense to put drawers directly below those on the island that house all those things. Same for over in the sink, it was aligned with the dishwasher in the bin. So you're kind of scraping off and loading the dishwasher. So they were naturally grouped. Mm-hmm. And then the oven, you didn't necessarily need to access anything else when you were using the oven. And we didn't want it to break the line of color too much on yeah. our run of units. So we kind of tucked it into the corner, but we could still access the island when we needed to put a hot pan down or whatever. Yeah. So that was kind of a natural place to put it for us. Yeah. And then came the big debate of our fridge and freezer. My <laughs> husband was adamant he wanted a big American fridge freezer with a tap and ice in the door. And I was like, but then, you know, it's not going to be the same color as our kitchen. And it yeah. looked off. But he was adamant and we went over and back and over and back. And then eventually kind of won the battle and we went with a full length fridge and a full length freezer, but integrated and side by side. Yeah. And actually it was the best decision ever. Yeah. So you do that again? A hundred percent. In my current house, I let him. No, he well, he won this time. He got the American fridge freezer because it was a temporary situation before we renovate next year. And I think he hates it as much as I hate it. Okay. Just, I really don't think any of them are worth the tap and the door and the ice. Yeah. You know, it's it's crappy small half moon ice and the tap is real slow. So for me, integrated fridge freezers are the way to go. I agree. We have one at home actually in my, in my parents' house, but I never use that tap in the door ever. And... I remember when I was shopping for a fridge and somebody was selling it to me and I don't actually really like cold water. I know that's a weird thing to say, but I like my water room temperature. So why would I? Then I was thinking, God, it would be brilliant to have ice on demand. And then I was like, for what? Ice cube trays are so easy. Yeah. You can definitely get bamboozled with lots of new appliances and gadgets and Gasmos and smart this and connected that. And oh, it's it's a lot when you're buying. This episode is brought to you by Finline Furniture. We own four Finline sofas between us and we would absolutely be expecting to buy our future sofas from there too. For many reasons, they're Irish owned and made, they're infinitely customizable and they offer a brilliant consultation service. You can book your appointment now at finlinefurniture.ie. Also don't miss their annual January sale running until 31st of January, 2024 in their four showrooms, Dublin, Cork, Galway and Leash. On that point, one thing to go back to, I think, was the downdraft extractor. Well, oh, we mentioned yeah. it. We didn't talk about it. Look, it's the best thing in the world. Get 100%. one. 100%. Never look back. Yeah. 
Now, I know there's some beautiful extractor fans that are plastered in now and molded and lovely detail or whatever. But I think the downdraft extractor is a no-brainer. I mentioned we have the same hob, which includes the downdraft extractor built into it. And we actually did it two separate ways. Yeah. So we were digging up our floor. So we ducted it under the floor and outside. But you have it recirculating with a filter, right? Mine is recirculating with the charcoal filter. The reason is because I dug up my floor too, but for the purposes of lowering the floor. And there actually wasn't space left underneath yeah. it to dig down and duct outside. So probably ducting outside would be the more robust solution, right? It's I mean, the, you if know, you're digging. If you're digging you anyway. space, I would do it. That said, three years on, I can confidently say it is fantastic I never get a smell from a hub in this house you've walked into this house how many yeah. times do you ever get a no nope. a kitcheny smell the charcoal filter needs to be replaced about once a year it's about 90 euro I think I get mine on Amazon and it's absolutely perfect yeah no it's amazing and when we had it ducted out even if you were roaring hot pan making steak yeah. you wouldn't smell it around the house yeah it was just incredible. amazing yeah it's, incredible. It, it's an amazingly powerful extractor yeah for how tidy it is yeah so the one we both have is the Bora Pure yeah We'll definitely get it again. Three years on, it's absolutely magic. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so on that point of layout, so we've thought about the fridge freezer. One thing that I struggled with quite a bit was oven. So choosing where do you put the oven? What size oven do you get? I'm not even going to touch things like steam ovens and smart ovens. I feel like that's an episode oh, for another day yeah, on appliances. Sure. Kitchen tech could be an episode by but, itself, I think. Yeah, big time. But in terms of layout, how did you decide where the oven went? What size you went? What height you put it at? Yeah, I oh, think I just really wanted... From growing up in a house where we just had a standard hob oven all in one unit mm. and being down on the floor, putting stuff into the oven, I always wanted an eye level oven. Yeah. I just think they're more functional. They're a bit safer. You know, you're not taking hot things out while you're down on the floor. I just, I just preferred the idea of it. So eye level was always it for me. And like I said, we cook a lot. So we really wanted the double one. Yeah. So we made the, the top oven a combi, which is a microwave and an oven. In yeah. One. So then we didn't have to have a microwave elsewhere as well. And so when you overflow for big Sunday dinners or whatever, we use that second oven. Mm, yeah, I did the same thing. So again, I cook a bit. I would probably cook more on the hob, I would say, than in the oven. But I bake a lot. And, you know, there's cakes going in and out of that oven <laughs> most days <laughs> of the week. So for me as well, having it at waist height was, was really important because lifting cakes in and out of it is heavy and I don't want to be bending down. I certainly don't want to drop anything. So I didn't want any risk there. So I did the same thing. I also have it at waist height. I got the combi microwave oven. I do use it a good bit. I use the microwave a lot. I use the grill in the combi quite a lot. So if I have something roasting away in the oven and I need a bit of extra space or whatever, I find the grill functionality a bit useful. I don't use the oven functionality of it that often. Yeah, it's really only for overflow I ever used to use. I yeah. used to use ours. And our one used to have a gratin or a lasagna setting. Yeah. It was really <laughs> amazing. Specific at reheating lasagna if you've ever reheated lasagna <laughs> it goes to dry crap normally yeah. like, but this actually crisps the top and it cycles between oven and microwave to keep it nicely moist but then crisp yeah. it up it's a perfect thing for reheating lasagna that's ideal so the last thing i was going to say in the oven is this is all to say that for you the listener if you're thinking through how to design the kitchen if you don't use your oven if you're never going to use that oven if it's a once in a year christmas dinner if even that, then by all means, get a smaller oven, put it underneath the countertop where it's out of the way and free up some of that upper space. It's really just getting across that you need to think through step by step. How do you use your kitchen? What is your day to day task? What do you do the most? 
And what do you honestly not do so that you don't need to take up space with things that are not useful for you? Yeah, for sure. And you might decide that you don't need a second oven and a basic microwave locked away in a press somewhere is fine for you. And with with air fryers being so big now, yeah. I think the second oven might become quite redundant in even bigger households. And this is another so thing I saw on a billboard the other day, so not a personal recommendation. Regular ovens are now going to be Air fryer ovens. So that's another appliance that you don't need on your countertop, hopefully. So looking forward to that. But yeah. Okay. So that's how to decide size, where to put it, functionality of your oven. The one other thing I would say about ovens is if you're going with your waist level or eye level ovens, think about the space you have above and below there and all the stuff you're going to use Mm. when you're using your oven. So for you, it's going to be a load of cake tins, whatever. And they're messy to store, right? So sometimes shelving it out vertically so you can put your trays in that way is a lot more sensible than just having a load of shelves with a load of stuff thrown in there and stacked on top of each other. So think about how you divide up that storage space to suit the stuff you use for the oven. Totally, because as as a default, you're just going to have these deep shelves or maybe a whole series of narrow shelves. But if you look at what you already have or what you plan to have and design it that way, you're totally right. Because those baking trays, if I only had normal drawers that were stacked up horizontally, then that would be a mess. It would be so hard to access those They would just take up too much space. Virtually stacking is much neater. And the drawer directly under my oven has all my heaviest things that I would be lifting in and out. So casserole dishes, heavy cast iron pans, all that kind of stuff that they're easy to put away and to lift out of into that section. The baking stuff is all over just on the right of it. So it's easy to lift in and out of that as well. But yeah, having all that stuff to hand, even something as simple as my oven gloves are to hand. Like I wanted to make sure that it was designed down to that and I was never going to forget them and burn burn down off myself. Yeah. Okay, next thing that we both have and both would absolutely do again is the pantry. Butler's pantry. I would never be without one again in the kitchen. And every single client I've worked with, I have told them put one in. I never had one before. Put one in and make it slide and hide doors so you can have it open all the time if you want. Okay, talk me through the slide and hide doors. So rather than just having normal hinge doors, these roll back like pocket doors into small little slits, I suppose, either side of uh, your pantry. And... What this means is you can really leave the doors open and they're not in the way in your kitchen. Yeah. And it's especially important for small spaces, but in general, you don't want doors swinging open. And what I find naturally happens with most butler's pantries is it becomes a breakfast station. Yeah. Uh, there might be a kettle and a toaster in there. You might stack all your cereals on the open shelves, stuff like that. So people tend to work at it and it tends to be open for a good bit of time. I think it makes 100% sense to yeah. make it slide my doors. It's a no-brainer. So I have it in mind. I actually measured it out recently, right? Because putting in that pocket for the the door to slide into does take up a little bit of space. It's about three to four centimetres, something like that. It's not big, but when you're like me and you're operating in a tiny space, it is a consideration. So I have them, I would 100% get them again because they do free up all that countertop space. And the other thing is they hide a mess. I just don't like appliances on my countertop. I don't want my kettle out there. Even my big mixer even though I love the look of it. I just don't like it sitting on the countertop and taking up space. It's a working area. Things can be a bit messy and that's fine. And then the doorbell rings and you literally just close your pantry doors and your kitchen is perfectly tidy again for the most part. So I love that. What I did see recently, if if you are thinking about designing these into your kitchen, but you're super, super limited on space, I saw somebody have a folding door, which achieves a pretty similar effect. It's good kind enough. Kind of like bifolding. Bifolding yeah, yeah, door. Yeah. Okay. A bifolding door is where the doors are hinged together and they fold away flat, ideally against a back wall, which is just an option if you're really, really stuck for that space and those few centimetres of having the the pocket is just a bit too much. Yeah, no, but 100% 
sliding out butler's pantry if you can fit it yeah without a doubt the amount of things you'll fit in there appliances mm. just the amount of storage space big deep drawers below you'll fit so much of that you're looking at everything top down and big deep drawers you know you're not rooting through big deep shelves you're, you're not rooting stuff. through shelves i mean Hiding away the mess easily is number one for me, but the non-rooting through all of these messy shelves, yeah. having yeah. everything just right there laid out in front of you, you know, you're like, I thought I had chopped tomatoes, but I don't know where the tomatoes are. Yeah. I mean, it's all just there. It's, it's, it's so easy. One of the things I actually hate in kitchens, and you've probably seen them, is the vertical pull-out pantries that are on metal wire racks. Yeah. And they never work. Any house I've ever seen them, things are falling over in the metal racks. Yeah. It just becomes an absolute mess. Yeah. So something that you can pull out and look down, top down, like drawers, is always preferable for me. So even for, would you put, what would you put in there? Would that be your crockery or where? So I had all drawers. I don't think I had any shelves actually yeah. in my old kitchen, except the high ones that I'd access very infrequently. Mm -hmm. Everything else was pull outs. So big deep drawers for any of my dry goods. I could see them top down. And I had them in separate buckets, do you know, they were easily organized or accessible. Mm. And then I had ones from all my crockery with peg boards. However many mugs you have versus bowls and all that kind of stuff, you can fit it in there. Exactly. And it stops if you slam the drawer, it stops any crockery sliding around in there. Yeah. But you can have the rubbery kind of mats as well, which I had for, say, my cups and glasses drawer and stuff mm. like that. So they won't slide around when you close the drawer. Yeah. Um, same goes for cutlery drawers, big white cutlery drawers, but all sectioned off and I gave consideration to how to section it off so I said to the, the kitchen place this is what I want to store in here and rather than just randomly sectioning it off in equal size spaces I thought about what I had and sectioned it to suit. Yeah same because I had you could be somebody who is obsessed with soup and has a lot of ladles in which case you kind of need a deep one or you know for me obviously with a lot of bakeware I wanted somewhere to put it and they're all different sizes for me you know I have some larger things like a a spatula or a whisk or something like that. Then I've got a lot of small little tools. They might be little piping nozzles and all that kind of stuff. And having a place for all of that makes much, much, much better use of the space than just having everything piled into a corner. And again, it's just making things easy to find. Yeah. It makes your life so much easier. Can we talk about something? And I know <laughs> you, I know you hate these, so that's why I want to bring it up. High cap. No. Wall no. units. No. It's a no for me. Yeah. But I caveat that by saying it's a no for me in small spaces, specifically. Yeah. So I, I know how, well, I have, I have wall to ceiling on one wall. The reason I went all the way up to, to the ceiling is because I needed that extra space on the top to make up for the fact that I did not want cabinets at eye level. Because in a really small space like mine, what I could have ended up with is this U-shaped kitchen that feels more like a prison than a kitchen. And I'm sorry if you're listening to me and you have a U-shaped kitchen. For me, that feels too cramped. I want nothing, almost nothing. I'm happy with open shelving, but we can come back to that at eye level. Because for me, that makes the space feel so much airier, so much brighter. I think you can feel it when you walk into my house. You come in through the hallway and you're straight into the kitchen area. And because everything is clear at eye level, it just feels bigger. Yeah. Uh, and I tend to agree. Now, there are some exceptions to this in really, really slick design kitchens. There are no steps in the upper cabinets. They yeah. are up to the ceiling and the bottom line is crisp. Yes. It doesn't go up and down for an extractor or whatever. So I think there are exceptions, but in general, I would try and avoid wall cabinets. They do make you feel boxed in, especially if you're working below them. But that being said, I do like something on the wall. 
Okay. And I'm sitting in Jen's kitchen actually at the moment and I absolutely love, she's got dowels or pegs the yeah. whole way across her splashback with beautiful copper pots on it. And then she's got open shelves and a glassware. And I think that's perfect. You know, you're dressing the wall, but it's functional. Yeah. It's stuff you use almost every day, I would say. Yes. But it still looks lovely. Thank and you. I think everyone has something that they like to have on display in a kitchen. And I'm not talking about the old school Waterford crystal display cap. <laughs> Although here. if you use that all the time, then why not? Yeah, well, if you do use it every day, yeah. <laughs> but it's not dust collectors. I'm talking about functional stuff. Like yeah. I had an open shelf the whole length of mine. It was about, I think, two, two and a half or three meters long, our open shelf. And I used to use the stuff in it pretty much every day. It was just like I had a nice salt and pepper shaker up there. I had oil and vinegar mm. pours. You know, I just, cookbooks, your most, your yeah, most used cookbooks. Most used yeah. Nice hardback cookbooks. So things that were actually used. I had a piece of artwork up there. Mm. You know, it's something you don't think maybe in a kitchen, but to bring in colour and your own personality that way mm. with little bits of artwork and stuff like that on open shelves can be really nice. You might have nice La Cruze casserole pots yeah. or stuff like that. So I'd say definitely if you're thinking about upper cabinetry, <laughs> think about could you live with open shelving or open pegs or something like that that you could hang and put your nice looking stuff out on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm all for the open shelving and everything, as you said, that I have hanging up there. It's the pots, it's the pans, they're over the hob. I'm pulling them down and putting them up multiple times a day. So it is really, really useful. The other thing I will say in my final installment of my rant against overhead <laughs> cabinets is you're just going to bang your head into them. I mean, if you're standing, if you're busy, if you're trying to cook something, you have to open the door, you have to close the door. Somebody that you're going to be living with at some point in your life is going to leave the doors open. It's dangerous. You can get a head injury and it's dangerous. So open shelving all the way. And it doesn't have to look perfect all the time every day. I have copper pots hanging up there at the moment and they really need a scrub. But it still looks nice and it's functional. That's nice. Exactly. Kind of, you know, antique looking. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it even look better, I think. Yeah. You know, it makes it look like you actually use the stuff, which is good. Mm. I mean, to be honest, I think we've just scratched the surface on kitchens. We could probably go into a lot more detail. We do so much. There's kitchen flooring, there's kitchen yeah. appliances that we can talk about. There's, there's I think a we'll lot. have to do individual <laughs> deep dives on some of these. Yeah, big time. Um, and kitchen gadgets. And one kitchen gadget we didn't even mention that I miss massively from my old house is my sparkling water tap, <laughs> which I will 100% be doing in every house forevermore. But it's definitely a discussion for another day. I could honestly talk about kitchens all day long. <laughs> it's definitely my favourite part of doing up a house. Yeah. Well, let's go use the kitchen and make something nice to eat. For sure. Lunchtime. I'm, I'm here waiting for one of these cakes you're saying are going in the, the oven all the time. <laughs> That's dessert. You need no cake. You need to have lunch no cake in front of me. All right, let's but go make that. We'll leave it at that for today and hopefully we'll see you all back here next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you found that episode useful, please do us a huge favor by giving us a like and a few stars and especially click that subscribe button. And that will ensure you get a notification for our next episode, episode three, where we are going to dive more into the materials you need to make your kitchen absolutely perfect from countertops to joinery. Thank you.